Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. My guest today is Michael, who I met on uh, Twitter. And I've been talking a lot on Twitter about UFOs and various different uh, sightings of UFOs. And Michael contacted me and he told me that he's had some interesting experiences uh, with um, what might be aliens. And so we're going to talk about that today. I also noticed that Michael uh, mentioned QAnon on his uh, his Twitter profile, and that's also a subject I'm kind of interested in, and we might talk about that uh, later on in the podcast. Let me just interrupt myself there real quick. The interview ran fairly long, so what I've done is I've split it up so that this episode is just the UFO stuff, and the next episode, part two, is the QAnon stuff. So if you're just a QAnon person, skip this one and move on to the next one. If you like UFOs, stay right here. So, uh, Michael, uh, welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's going to be very interesting, I think. Uh, A lot of the people who are interested in the UFO topic and aliens and things like that are people who have actually had some kind of personal experience. Like either they've seen like some kind of flying craft in the sky or they've, they've had something that they consider to be some kind of alien contact or some kind of contact. They don't know what it is exactly. Can you tell me a bit about what your, your, um, your first experience was with this type of thing? Well, I, I agree with you hundred percent there. Um, in fact, there's a lot of people also that are very interested in the topic that haven't had any experience yeah. whatsoever. And that's bizarre to me. I mean, I believe of course there's life in the universe and all that, but unless you have an experience, it seems too strange to believe that it could be real, you know, but there's lots of evidence we can talk about those things. Um, My earliest memory that I have, and I don't have, I don't have a lot of older memories that I keep. You get older, you know, you remember the story your mom told you, but you don't have the true memory of it, but there's a few you do. This is one that's, oh, I've always had that. It seems like a real memory, not a story. And um, I was little, I was probably uh, two to three years old. And I was on a part in a park by a lake and my sister was there and it was one of those old metal slides that used to would have the bolts mm-hmm. and the rust back when safety wasn't a concern for kids and uh we used to throw sand on the slide it would make you go quick and so i come up there with my little handfuls of sand but i'm scared once i get on top and my sister's at the bottom trying to tell me to go and i i don't i don't want to go and so not not knowing physics because i'm a little kid I just turn like that, like I'm not going that way. And I fall completely off the slide from the top and crack my head and end up in the emergency room. Uh And if you look at my banner, it's almost identical to what I saw. It was in a hospital type setting, solid white and three beings just like that were looking down at me in a, uh, I get a little nervous. I don't, I've never told this publicly. Uh, It was just uh, like a female voice that said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you details of the scene and all that, but that was about it. That never happened. Oh, really? Like as far as my family, that never happened. Yeah. The story, the slide. Now I do have scars on the back of my head, and my mom said that was from other, you know, uh, roughing around as a kid. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's bizarre. That that's a memory like I can recall at any time. That's an old old memory. Yeah. So that, How- so that's weird. So that's how old? One. How old would that be? Do you think old enough to where I could walk and climb like a three-ish or three or three-ish four? maybe climb a little a ladder? Right. I mean, 
did, we were a lot, we were allowed to do a lot more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so that, that was one. All right. And then throughout my life, it, well, it's not like it happens every day, uh, but it's happened uh, quite a few times is the, the typical classic abduction bedroom scene where you wake up, you're paralyzed. You can see you got some periphery, but you can't move. And then the light kind of turns bluish. And then all of a sudden you're levitating. And then there's hmm. two to three beings at the end of the bed, like tall grays, your typical classic tall gray. And then sometimes I call them helpers. I don't, other people have their like little hooded, faceless little things. And then you get wished away. All right. So and that, that's something that happens. And I, I've looked at, uh, and, and I like you, I, I want to talk to you because it's not like I can prove any of this. So it's not like a debunk thing. But I've looked into uh, sleep paralysis or what they call a, a birth memory, you know, where mm-hmm. you like your distorted view as your, your first memory coming out of the womb and that sort of thing. People, they think that could trigger some sort of thing like that or, or it's just dreaming or DMT dump or any of that stuff. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's really happened. Right. I don't have to defend that. It seems like every day to me, that's all I can tell you. So, uh, it's not always clear. I, I, I also get the feeling that it happens more than I remember. Does hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I get that. So, like, so not, I'm like, wait a minute. And, but, but the times that I'm talking about were very clear. So you get kind of a deja vu, you think? Like you feel like you've, it's happened before and when it happens. It's uh, not, um, I don't know about, I get deja vu, like off the chart de- deja vu anyway, so much so that I actually try to write it down and see if I can see if there's some sort of thing. But it's always yeah. some small nonsensical thing like i'm picking up a fork or tying my shoe I'm, i don't have any message or anything like that yeah yeah. but i do get, i agree and also uh not that i believe in psychics or anything like that uh people always say that i'm like that like uh i would either call very intuitive like uh, lucky and um i know that's a theme too and i'm not saying that to be egotistical it seems like uh i just can guess things and it's weird like i don't even tell people that it's just they, it's noticed in, in my family Right. Like, oh, that's that's Michael doing his thing, which is kind of weird. But I don't really. That's not enough, to, like, to win the lottery. So it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be but, great. Uh, but but some sort of, uh, I guess, heightened, uh, whether you call it ESP or heightened sense, seems mm-hmm. to go along with that. It happens to those people too. That's all. Why I mentioned it. Yeah. So when was the when was the last time that something like this happened to you? It's got to be probably eight years ago. Wow, that's that's been quite yeah. a while. Yeah. Do you, what can you describe? What was the the last experience that you had? Just like that. Okay. So it was yeah, kind of. A, just, it was, is it almost like a repeat? Like it's the same thing happening? No, it doesn't, or is, it doesn't seem like it's the same. Um, one time, uh, and by the way, uh, and I'm saying this just to share. Like I said, um, how can I say it's it's not the same because the scene is different or something different happens. Sometimes you have full clear memory, and sometimes it feels like you don't. But most of the experiences are neutral to positive, meaning it's like these things are robotic. Like there's, there's no interest. There's no harm. It's just like they're doing a thing. Like I don't feel threatened. I know some people feel scared or threatened or that I've never really felt that way. Mm-hmm. But I also don't feel like they gave a crap whether I was involved or not either. Does that make sense? Like they're not coming. Oh, we're going to tell you this or oh, I'm trying to scare you. It's just like they're coming in doing a thing. Uh, but one time I did have a negative experience, and that's what I wanted to tell you about. So what happens is the blue light kind of comes. You uh, you start to levitate, right? Mm-hmm. You're, the paralysis is on. Your eyes are open. 
and I, I came unparalyzed for whatever reason. And so I'm getting the hell out of there. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? And I reached forward naturally and I grabbed an arm. Yeah. And that arm was ice cold, which shocked me. And now the, like, my reality is just spinning. And it grabbed me by the neck and I just passed out. Hmm. That, that was like, the only time. That was like, I was absolutely, the visceral response, I couldn't control myself. It would be like seeing a giant talking alligator standing in front of you, you, you what would you do it, it you just yeah. pant you know or fight or flight just kicks in i just reacted that way but that was only one time that i remember happening like that yeah so i guess like the obvious thing with with these, these experiences is that when you tell them to people it kind of sounds to other people like you're describing something that's like a dream or something that's like you know the sleep paralysis type thing and, and i i personally have had kind of sleep paralysis experiences where I've been lying in bed and I see these giant spiders uh, coming down from the ceiling uh, towards me. And then, then I you know, kind of jump out of bed and I try to find, turn the light on and try to find the spider and it's gone. So I've had something like that. But obviously I've realized afterwards that it was um, you know, just a dream essentially or, or some kind of hallucination. But for you, like you say, like you know it was real that it, because it seemed really real. But isn't that what, what people would say who've had these hallucinations, like they seem real. Is there a tell for when you're telling a, well, when you're having a hallucination I, on yeah, that? So that, that's a, that's a, it's a fantastic point. That's obviously you even, that's the first thing as a logical person, you start thinking to yourself like what? But I think a dream or hallucination, it's the in and out that you realize that it was a dream or hallucination. Mm. Like when you come out of a dream is when you know, oh, there, there weren't spiders in my room. It doesn't feel like that when you come out of it. It feels like a memory when you come out of it. Does that make sense? Well, I don't I know how to describe that. But when I, when I come out of it, yeah. a crazy dream of some pink elephant in the room driving a Jeep with a naked lady in the corner, I'm like, what? <laughs> but I, I know I was dreaming instantly. Like, yeah. you know, I instantly. Because of the subject tell. matter. Not, well, possibly. You say, well, maybe, maybe because of the subject matter. But the vividness, I don't know. I don't know. And then when you go back to your. Like, why, why would I think that? That wouldn't be crazy. I don't know. I mean, it does seem crazy in a sense, but I don't what? have any like craziness in the rest of my life. I wouldn't say it <laughs> like, sounds crazy. I mean, uh, I, I have these experiences as well. I have, you know, I, I also haven't had one for many years. I think I kind of just, I don't know, just they faded away somehow. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I am crazy because I have these hallucinations of giant spiders in my room. And I, I wouldn't call someone crazy for believing that, uh, you know, something right. was happening. Uh, you know, especially if it's been happening all of your life. But, you know, I think it's, it's, it's very difficult for someone who hasn't had the experience that you had to, uh, to kind of, you know, say that, could it be real? Because, you know, if, if, if it, if it feels real, does that mean it is real? Well, a hundred percent. I mean, my, I, I came when I, you know, now, if I was happening now, you can talk about these things. I never talked about the stuff growing up. They, they put you away. I just didn't want the ridicule of, mm. you know, who cared. And even now, I only talk about it just, just to share it. I'm not trying to prove anything. I have no proof. I can say that right up front in the sense that um, it's just sharing the story. It sounds crazy. I'm just telling you what seems to happen to me. And why I say right. seems is because everybody tells you that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, but, and I'm, so... just using, I'm just using that as a, as a common word. But it's, it seems just like the world seems like it's happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, you know, this this kind of goes back to your experience with the slide in the hospital, as you remember it, and the people in the room. Uh, do you remember talking about that back then when you were, you know, four or five? Did you tell your parents straight away afterwards that you I, had this I don't remember if I did or not. I do remember asking them when I was older about it, but I don't remember as a child if I asked at that time. I don't remember. But I don't remember. I said I don't remember. I'm old. I'm in my fifties. Like I can't remember yesterday. Sometimes. Yeah, and me I too. <laughs> how, I understand how memory works, and I understand that it is the most unreliable source, uh-huh. of course. But we all use it every day, a hundred percent of the time. So you know, it's, I'm basing it on the tools I've learned as like what I think memory is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Knowing that it's always unreliable. Of course it is. Yeah, I, I remember having a, a memory. And it's kind of weird. You remember memories. You don't actually remember the memories yeah. themselves. You remember telling it. I remember having a memory of, of being christened. Uh, and I remember my aunt was there with a, a cigarette in a cigarette holder, uh, which, which is weird because like, I would have been like, I don't know, two months old or so when I was christened. And uh, my aunt doesn't have a cigarette in a cigarette holder. So it was obviously something that I, I invented in my ma- mind later on. And I, th- I think that that does happen. People do, you know, kind of invent memories in a way. And I, I talked to a memory expert a while ago on my podcast called. The- I, I watched some of that. The professor lady. Yeah, Elizabeth Loftus. And no, what, it, I, I agree with you. So, but so then you take that, and then all of a sudden you start seeing things in the sky mm. as well, and then there's a solidification that takes place. You're like, what? You know, why there seems like there's something happening to you. Right. And, so, you know, yeah. you say like you, something happening to you, you think there's, well, well, there's kind of a, instance, a wider uh, set of things? I mean, I mean, not just when you're sleeping. Hmm. Like all of the, I call them abductions only because that's, the, I don't feel like I'm being abducted. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. that's whatever I call it. But that's always happened in the classic bedroom at night, right? So then if you took that by itself, you could definitely say there's got to be, I mean, we all dream. There's some sort of, maybe there's something in the brain that certain people uh, don't recognize dreaming or something like that. Yeah. But what happens when you have missing time in your real life or you see craft in the sky combined with those things? It just, you know, it, it's, it's part, becomes part of your life. It's a real curiosity at that point. Like what's going on? So you have you had uh, recent experiences of those types? You said you, your last kind of abduction, uh, so to speak, was eight years ago. Have you had like the other the, types of experiences since then? Well, uh, I've uh, not a lot of missing time, but one really good example of it. Now, mm-hmm. some missing time, you wonder, am I getting older? Does it do this? Did I just forget? Was I distracted? But at one, uh, this was it had to be at a brand new two thousand and two car. It was uh, it's about two thousand and four probably somewhere around there. I was driving home from work. I was a single parent at the time. My parents were watching my children. So it wasn't like I was drinking. It wasn't like I I was a focused person. I have to go pick up my kid. So this Mm -hmm. is around 8 o'clock at night. So I'm leaving work at 8 o'clock at night. In Florida at that time, it was dark. It must have been uh, towards the winter time a little bit. And I was driving across Florida through the Ocala Forest. So it's, there's long roads with nothing out there. Yeah. And this is a flip phone, cell phone day. This isn't, you know, this is where you had a phone. It wasn't the internet. And, uh, or it wasn't as advanced where you could just mm-hmm. see things. So uh, I'm driving my car. 
I get the experience and all of a sudden it just smashes to the ground. Like it, like really? it dropped its foot. Yeah. It just kind of boom, boom, like that. And I figured mm -hmm. I just hit a massive pothole. And the car is just, it's flat instantly. It's not going flat. It's, it's, hit, it's straight from the ground. And huh. I pull over and I go and the, the tires just demolish. So in that kind of car, they put that little donut and it's buried in the trunk. So I'm like, I got to get everything out of the trunk. It's the socks. You know, I'm going to be late. And there's no cell phone signal. Just it probably still isn't today just because it's out in the forest. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And then as I look, I see both tires are smashed, completely hmm. smashed on that side. So um, I go back and as I'm trying to get a hold of my dad to let him know I'm going to be late, come pick me up. What can we do? I'm walking the road to see the pothole. There is no pothole. There's scraping marks in the road where, uh, where the car kind of started blowing out. And, uh, but no, no, no pothole. So I call my dad. We, I get a hold of him. He comes. We get the tow truck driver. Then it's not like you can call the tow truck driver on your phone. You have to, my dad has to call him with a yellow page. And um, we all meet, and he takes the car uh, to the service, you know, to the service station, to the uh, dealership. I go home, but when I was fixing my tire, it's midnight. It literally mm. is midnight. I freak out, and now I'm trying to call my dad, and he's panicked. Where have you been? I'm calling four hours late, and he's like, why right. would you do that? You know what I mean? Now, he's funny. He's Sicilian. He's like, I call him at midnight, and he's like, do you know, I need to bring the shovel and the visqueen. What are you doing? <laughs> but... But, you know, I would never irresponsible with my children like that. I would never do that. Yeah. When I get back to the dealership in the morning, the guy says, well, you need to talk to that tow truck driver, man. He dropped your car. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you dropped your car. I go, no, I blew out both tires. He goes, they didn't blow out. They cracked in half perfectly at the same time. I said, I hit a big pothole probably. He said, no, there's no way. He cracked both rims in half, right in the exact center, like it was dropped, is what he said. So that's that story. So there's like a physical thing that happened with a missing time and an actual physical car that broke. But I've never had anything else like that, like that full-on uh, contact as far as that. What do, you, what do you think, like, say, from the perspective of aliens, what were they trying to do? I have no idea. <laughs> at that point, I couldn't even tell you that I was even thinking aliens because I didn't really know about missing time right. at that point. Okay. I mean, I, you heard about it, but I, I wasn't understanding what they were meaning by it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was into it. So that was my missing time. It's a way afterwards, as I look at it back, as mm. people talk about how missing time has affected it and has looked into that part. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, like, if, if I was, like, playing the skeptic role, which I am, yeah, I am a skeptic, you would say that... You know, you 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 did hit something. Uh, your your tires went flat, and you, they kind of scraped against the road somehow. Right. Uh, and you know, you just perhaps didn't walk back far enough along the road to see what right. it was or you actually hit. A log, hit. And it got, the a log, log yeah, and it, it rolled so, off. I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. And it's, tell you, you've been thinking about <laughs> trying to find rational oh, yeah, explanations as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, there's the missing time, like between like eight o'clock ish and and midnight when you when you did the call. I mean, the, the thought there would be that you know, maybe you banged your head or something, or that you, you passed out, and that's, yeah, that's why you hit something. Like I smacked the steering wheel or something like that. I mean, there was no mark of that, or hit my neck, yeah. or who knows. But it does. It I didn't feel like I did. 
Yeah, there was a, a relative of mine had a, an interesting experience where he was, it was at a, a hotel casino and uh, he remembers being in the casino. He was, he was playing the slots or something uh, at around like eight o'clock. And then he remembers later being in his room at around midnight. I think it was in you know, a similar, similar time frame. And he doesn't doesn't remember what happened between those those two times. He doesn't remember how he got back to his room. And you know, he, his initial thought was like he drunk too much. But then you know, he, he he said he only had one beer, and he he was concerned about this. So he went to the hotel security, and they actually found a videotape of him because you know casinos they have they have cameras everywhere, and they were able to track him playing on the slots and then going to a blackjack table and then talking to somebody and then walking to the elevators and using his key cards to, to get into the elevator and then going up to his room. And he doesn't remember any of that. It just went from, you know, being, being in the casino to being in his room. And he talked to his doctors about it and they said, it's, it's essentially just something that happens occasionally. Your brain just stops recording new memories. So even though he wasn't actually unconscious, his brain wasn't recording new memories. And that does happen occasionally to people. He was, I believe, in his, his 60s or so when that happened to him. Uh, but I'm not sure if there's an age limit. So you know, it's possible that something like that might have happened to you. It is possible. The only thing I would say is that's Vegas. So once you say Vegas, everybody's going to go, well, he's having a good time. <laughs> Um, and then the conspiracy theorem is, is instantly going, well, it's Vegas because they're pumping stuff in the air and they're making him gamble and he doesn't even know, right? I mean, you can right. I was, I was the, uh, I know we're talking about aliens and we're going to talk about Q and uh, some other things. One of the things I thought was interesting, and maybe we can do it later, is you're kind of politely dragging people out of the rabbit hole. And I'm kind yeah. of like politely saying, hey, there's more in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things I want to do later, if you want, is uh, where if I saw in a news article how I would look at it and, and you know what I mean, and where it would lead me. Right. And then you could kind of then see, well, maybe you're making a mistake there. or That's not connected. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, I, like how I, I, I see. Dig. I, want to, I want to show you how I dig. No, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, because like you, you, you've obviously, you, you've got this deep wealth of experience that kind of, uh, gives you a perspective which is different from other people who haven't had this experience. And so you, I guess, you you kind of tend to gravitate towards an explanation that kind of includes these things as being real events, whereas I would kind of gravitate towards an explanation that you know, has the more mundane explanations. So, uh, but some things are just too far out there. Aliens are one of them. Right. They're too, if, until somebody has DNA, it's, no one's ever going to believe it, in my yeah. opinion, and probably shouldn't. Just the possibility that life is out there. But not going too far. I mean, there has to be life out there just because it's an if if I get this correct, if an infinite universe, the pattern will repeat itself. There's duplicates of us out there somewhere. Right. I mean, or as the theory goes. Sure. So, so th I don't I don't think you couldn't say there's not life out there. I mean, would you think there's life in the universe? I think I most that. people think that, you know, the universe is so big that there's probably some kind of life somewhere right. out there. Okay. I mean, we have our galaxy, which has lots of star right. systems, and that's big enough. But then you've got billions of other galaxies, and there's you know, almost certainly... Right, the space and the size. Yeah, so, yeah, so I don't think... 
aliens per se are not crazy. Like the idea of that aliens existing okay. somewhere in the universe is a perfectly reasonable thing. And you know, pretty much everybody thinks that you know, there's some kind of life somewhere yeah. in the universe other than us. That's quite reasonable. So, in it, so it's not like um, it couldn't happen. I guess there's always a possibility. So, I don't think I would believe in something that couldn't happen. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could happen. So, it seems like it's happening, and it could happen to me. It seems like it's happening to me. That, that's all. Um, but um, as far as um, physical craft, here's an example. I, I've never seen like your classic UFO sport model, you know, flying saucer. Mm-hmm. But I've seen, I've seen very strange light arrangements, and I don't count anything that doesn't move in a non-Newtonian way. Like I see lights all the time. I see strangers all the time. Uh, but I don't count those. I don't share those because it could be anything. It could be an airplane. could be all the things that we think they could be. But some things like uh, a triangle shows up, like just the dots of a triangle, and then it spins around and takes off like that. That's something. You know, there's a, a structure to it. There's a shape. I've had that happen several times, just like a pattern of lights, and then they all line up and take off. But they're just lights. It's about the size of stars. I don't know what they are. It could be anything, but it certainly mm-hmm. looks weird. But about six months ago, my wife, who is an engineer, and she's a skeptic in the sense that uh, she makes lists for her list. She's OCD. Everything tool has a place. You know, I mean, she's a logical thinking person. And she always has uh, humored me in the sense she just thinks it's interesting, but never really has an opinion either way. She's just kind of, yeah, there's probably life out there, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's my second one. But we're out on the boat. Uh, we live here on a lake, and it's about maybe almost three in the afternoon. It is flat. There's not a cloud in the sky. And all of a sudden, I just say, look up there. I, I get this feeling to say, look right there. And boom, there's in a delta shape, there's five huge glowings. They look like circles and not spheres, but you could see the mm-hmm. edge like they were uh, glowing. And when I say big, uh, the day was so clear. We are in the flight pattern to Orlando. You could see the tail color of the plane and like the dots of the window. You couldn't see any you know, numbers or anything, but you could see that of a, a passenger jet, the tail sign. Right. It's a nice clear day. That's not odd down here. Everything's flat. And uh, it formed uh, like a, like a, uh, like a Delta, like a five shape, five circles in a Delta formation like that. And we're just sitting there. And the plane is already passed. The plane is over here, or the jet. So you kind of get a perspective. It looked like it was behind it. It could have been in front of it. But if it was behind it, it had to be enormous circles. Because they were way, there were five, each circle was five times the size of the jet. But it could have been in front of it, too, perspective-wise. I don't know. Uh, And then we're sitting there, and I don't want to take my eyes off of it. And I'm trying to get my phone, which is on the boat. And, but I don't want to lose it, so I'm turning it on and not looking. So I put the viewfinder up about 30, that's about 60 seconds, about 30 seconds in, and I'm trying to do it, but I didn't catch anything. Hmm. Yeah, wait. that's the thing. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Yeah. They turn into a circle and take off one by one, just like the little ones I used to see a long time ago. But my okay. wife sees it too. She, right. she, she'll tell you, she was like, what? So she's, a, she's like all excited now, but she saw it too. We're thinking, what well, could it be spotlights, like a car dealership, but there's no cloud to reflect off of it. There's no beam. There's no, it's broad daylight. I don't know that that could be something like that. And could it be that big? And that, 
that the whiteness of the the it was clearly solid white and glowing like a spotlight always has some sort of transparency to it. so that's an odd thing yeah that's yeah. a very odd thing so your wife saw the same thing yes. how do you know she saw the same thing there because she told me because as soon as we got into the dock we're t- my mom lives in a guest house on our property by the dock yeah. and uh, we told her and she said the neighbor had told her that she had saw some things earlier that day because she thinks mm. my, my mom thinks I'm a lunatic, but um, talked about saw some things earlier that day. So that's just weird that she saw it and the neighbor said he saw something. I don't know exactly what the neighbor saw. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you think if you had had your camera out at that time, you would have got good video or good photos of it? I know, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I mean, I was filming it, but it was just sky. Uh, about uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were doing some work down in the Florida Keys. And we had to t- go out mm-hmm. to this island, and near there was the naval station, and they fly this. Uh, it's a like a blimp, not a blimp you would ride in, but like a weather balloon that looks like a, it looks like a goldfish uh, cracker. All right, so, yeah. Okay, it's round in the front, has fin. You would say that it looks like a fish, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just a big white, like a blimp, like a, a balloon, and it's tethered, and they fly it there for weather or surveillance or whatever they're doing. And I'm riding in the boat, and I see it clearly. And it's it because it reminded me of the Tic Tac with your making your things and like, okay, mm-hmm. that looks like that could be the size of the thing, about 40 to 60 feet long. And I take a picture of it and I film it and I uh, screenshot you the whole thing, stills and video. And it looks like a white little dot that you can't see anything. And I'm clear with my human eye. I can see it very clearly what it is. I can even see the tether. I can see like some of the strappings, but you can't see anything. And then the weird part is when you zoom in on it, then it looks like it's this glowing ball that you always see people see. You know, like, well, yeah, because it's completely out of focus. But so I don't know that can a camera catch something that 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 far away? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you can if you can see something with your eyes, then if you have a good enough camera, then you'll be able to do it. It's the problem. It's with a, I, have, iPhone, iPhone 10. It's a pretty good camera. I have that, too. Like if you film things in 4K, you can get things. But of course. They don't they don't zoom in particularly well. They've got a two times zoom on the iPhone 10, and uh, things don't get that much bigger. So like it, was just, always... it, was just, it was just interesting to me. Like, what does something look like your eye compared to on film? That was all. People always talk about uh, taking photos of the moon. If you look at the moon, it looks giant and beautiful, and you can see all the craters and everything. And you get your phone out and you take a picture of it, and it's just this bright white right. blob in the middle of the photo because it, it doesn't work very well. But you, the thing is, you can actually take really, really good photos of the moon if you've got the right camera. Like I've got uh, my camera over there is a Nikon P nine hundred, which has an eighty three times zoom. And if you had the right camera at the right time, then you're you're actually able to take really, really good photos of the moon that are actually far better than what you can see uh, with the naked eye. Why are all, why do all UFO videos stink? There's thousands of them and say some of them are real. Some of them are whatever, who knows, but, but they all stink. And then, of course the most famous three that you've gone into, we don't have to go into full blown on that. We've done that a thousand times, but let's take the Tic Tac for a second. Mm-hmm. What would you ever consider it something like, time distortion or gravitational lensing from the power source meaning if it's an anti-gravity thing and it creates some sort of shield which stops inertia and that's why it can move would it bend the light and would it look like it's changing shape i I don't know the science behind that but would that cause and if it's time dilated meaning we can't even a camera can't see it move would it look like it's erratic when it's really just moving around 
What have yeah. you ever thought about that? Well, I, I think that. like, you know, if you go into things like that, it's almost like you're saying that it's magic because you're saying it, it, the physics is so advanced that it's doing something that we don't understand. Like saying it's bending space so that light goes around it. Well, well we do understand that, though. We, we understand gravitational lensing with like the sun. And we understand well, that you can get around this, the sun. The thing is, though, to, to do gravitational lensing, you need an incredibly uh, large mass. I mean, you essentially, for something that, that size to do gravitational lensing, you would need a black hole. And if there was a black hole flying around in there, you, you wouldn't just have light bending. You would have everything bending. The, the, the world would just you know, cease to exist, okay. essentially, because you would have this huge gravitational field in, uh, in one, one spot. And if anything like, fell into it, it's like... You know, bam, game over. Like the amount of energy that would be radiating around uh, something I, like I'm that would be ridiculous. So that would have to be then a technology or something that we're not yeah for, for it to work. The time aspect of that. Um, when Fraber talked about it, it, looked like a BB in a glass. The first thing I thought is, is is that just time dial? Like, does it look like that because that's what they're seeing? Mm -hmm. But they're actually doing it. I don't think that really kind of tallies with our understanding of of uh, general relativity and how time dilation actually works. I mean, time dilation works because something is moving very, very fast. You know, things don't appear to be moving very, very fast because of time dilation. It's, it's well, uh, well, I'm thinking like a more of an optical illusion. Like when you look at a uh, fan blade, you see three fans, but when it's moving, yeah. it looks like it's one. And if you move certain ways, it looks like it's here and then it's there. I mean, could it be something to that effect? Yeah, well, I mean, I think if what people are describing uh, and some of the, the stuff that has been describing, this is this the Nimitz UFO encounter that happened in uh, 2004. Uh, the stuff they are describing uh, requires physics beyond our understanding. Right, so right, we we don't know yeah. how things can actually move uh you know, whatever it was, it was something like like four miles in in half a second or something like that from a dead stop to a dead stop, which is, you know, practically teleporting. Uh, so to do that, we it, it would need some kind of new understanding of physics. And in a way, it doesn't really matter what that that physics actually is. What matters is did this thing actually happen or not? Right, yeah, I it's, it's, okay. a, it's an incredible thing. So I think the standard of, of evidence would have to be fairly high. And of course. You know, I personally don't think that the, the evidence is really well, there to say. I, I want, I want to say thing. I agree with you on, on, on uh, well, one, I have to say Commander Fravor sounds legit. I don't want to go, I got some other things I want to ask you about this just because sure. I want to rehash the things that I've always done. But I would like to say that I think Commander Fravor sounds legit to me. Like he sounds like a legit person. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would. He's, yeah. He sounds legit, but it doesn't mean that what he saw is what he thinks he saw. And I also agree with you that the videos are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way that the most advanced aircraft in the world gave us that video, period. There is either the conspiracy of another video or, you know what I mean? That is just terrible. It, you know what I mean? You can't. And the other thing, uh, are you? do you ever talk about TTSA? I don't want to get there. It seems like a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. TTSA, that's uh, Tom DeLong's organization. Yeah. Um, as far as just to my UFO folks out there, just a quick thing. Everybody has an opinion on They go crazy on it. Um, I root for anybody that's trying for disclosure. But in the same sense, mm -hmm. we were kind of promised 30 videos, but we got three fuzzy videos. And then you kind of got the balloon thing. And there's some th credibility issues. Yet you look at the other side of the team they have. Those are some real deal people. And you're like, how would real deal people like that be involved? But I would agree with you that the videos aren't that great. I'd like... Show me a better video. I'd really love to see it if it happens. Yeah. 
it is very interesting that the TTSA, like Tom DeLonge's organization, does have people who seem to have like good qualifications. Like, well, it's, the, not, it's not just good qualifications. You're talking about Chris Mellon of the Mellon family. You're talking about Jim Semi Van Hal put up. These are like real scientists, real yeah. people. I think the um, one that I find uh, confusing the most is uh, Steve Justice. Uh, he used to be the guy who was the head of Skunk Works, sure. or, or at least some kind of uh, upper-level management at the Skunk Works at uh, Lockheed Martin. And you know, he was he was talking to real scientists about real craft and things. And now he's got involved with this this Tom DeLong thing. Well, see, it, it that, seems... that makes me think it's real, just because of that. I mean, you got a guy from Skunk Works. You're talking like, okay, that makes sense. Is it a black project? Is it a breakaway civilization? Did they find something? Did they finally have the AI to reverse the engineer of the craft they always mm. had? You know, all those things. That makes me go deeper. Like, holy crap. But I agree with you. When I, uh, I saw you first on Joe Rogan, by the way. Um, right. And so I watched Joe a lot. And when I saw Tom on there, my first impression was, he's dying. What is he doing? <laughs> and Joe, so, you know how polite Joe is. You know, he always, but he's, he doesn't yeah. take any bull either. And once he gets one more of, I can't tell you or I can't say... He's like, what are we doing here? But maybe it was too early, but I'm not slamming anybody. Maybe it was too early to bring it out. But when I did the research after that, so I got to give Tom the credit, like I looked into it. Well, I'm, wow, those are some real deal people. So I do agree that he kind of bombed that interview in the sense that, but maybe he couldn't tell or I've got information, but it's over here, but mm-hmm. I can't share it. With it. it seems like I don't like hype. To me, um, this topic is this important that if it's real, whether it's aliens or even black projects uh, that are have technology that is not shared, it could end the petrodollar, it could end war, it could end famine, climate change. Who's the asshole that's not sharing that? You know what I mean? Right. So It would be great. Right. So if I had a piece of craft, I'm not going to make a TV show about it. I'm going to get to the top scientists and everybody in the world, and let's look at this thing, and let's get this out there, and let's save the world. So it, it bothers me when they hype stuff, and they what I like to call drip closure where they give me a piece, and then that seems to the way a reality TV show is done. It seems to showmanship for me. Why, why wouldn't it have come out, though? You've got people like Harry Reid, who is the, the, the House Majority Leader, and he had access to all kinds of like uh, security commissions and whatnot, and uh, you know, he, he was like upper-level uh, congressman. Uh, was he senator? Uh, but he, he, was, he was right up there in the yeah. top of government, and He's yeah, so, a big fan of UFOs, and he's 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 got terminal cancer right now. So, why doesn't he tell people what he knows? He he says it's real. He's well, and him with Bigelow. Bigelow says it's real. Bigelow's a billionaire, but not just a like lavish billionaire. He builds space habitats. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a real dude. He says right on TV they're real. They're everywhere. They're under our noses. I mean, he. I saw an article that somebody can look it up where he said that people that touched the material had physical brain damage. And he, mm. and I can't find it again, but he said that it wasn't just a mental problem. So they, they learned early on they had to look at this material. I don't know if it's the same material Tom has, but he says he has uh, material. Bigelow also drops in Twitter these, look, I, I know you hate orbs. But it's not just an orb video. It's like in a, a closed, you can tell it's a controlled, high-tech scientific environment. So I don't, I don't know if you can actually tell that. I've seen that video, but, and you know well, it looks like a bunch of stuff on a table, and a little little all floats some, by. Anything, they put some production quality into it. You know, what I mean, <laughs> they, they at least tried to make it look like that. It wasn't like yeah. uh, it wasn't in the backyard, is what I'm saying. But anyway, 
I agree. It's still just a floaty thing. But he, this is a billionaire guy saying that who knows Harry, mm-hmm. who says they work together and do all that. And you go back into NIDS and all these things. So why, what's going on there? there? It seems like there's something going on. Well, even if you don't believe in UFOs or anything. Yeah, well, what I th- what I think is going on is that uh, Harry Reid and uh, Bigelow and people like John Podesta uh, are UFO fans. They're people who like this stuff and they think that there's something to it. And you know, they're kind of like you in a way, and that you know, maybe maybe they've seen a UFO. I'm, I'm sure Bigelow probably has, or at least thinks he has. And you know, other people think they had. Like Jimmy Carter thought thought he saw a UFO. And when you have this experience and you get really deep into this this type of thing, you kind of you know you you want to investigate it. So I think Harry Reid, the reason he isn't telling everybody everything he knows about UFOs is really that there isn't very much that he knows that we, that we don't. He just he's just like you and I, uh, and and that he's interested in the subject, and he's you know just going going trying trying to get more investigation done. He doesn't actually know anything, and you think he would, though. You know, why didn't? Why doesn't he know more? Because he's he's he, you know well, he's I mean, an upper level of government. The conspiracy theory would be: well, they're going to kill his family if he talks. He's got a chip in his <laughs> whatever. You know, they mind block him. I mean, there's a million things. Taking all that aside, uh, what about the factual thing that the, uh, as far as I understand the story, that the Navy changed their reporting of UFOs based on the fact that every day for two years they saw those. Are you familiar with the? cubes and the spheres on the coast yeah i i don't and they saw them don't every think, day for two years right but they the navy themselves don't actually say that the navy is saying that they they've updated their reporting procedures for uh, unidentified aerial phenomena like and then they list what they think uh unidentified aerial phenomena are and they, they list uh things like drones and they say and they say quite they talk about there's a lot more drones. Like individuals have drones now, and they're they're impinging upon army airspace, navy airspace, and going into bases and things like that. And they talk about balloons. Uh, they say balloons are a problem, and they they talk about uh, other, uh, I think, aerial platforms, like just some kind of remote operated plane or something like that. Uh, they don't say we're doing it because people in the Gulf saw a cube in a sphere uh, well, every day for two years. That's not something they, they say. Well, I don't know if they actually say that in the why they changed the reporting, but it said, or as far as I understand, that the Navy is not saying that that story is not true, that their pilots had near misses with giant spheres with cubes in Is that correct? I mean, that, that's what I agree. Well, I think it's correct that they're not saying that it's not true, but it's really what's really correct is that they're not talking about uh, it because... But I mean, you know, do you, the, what, what do you think of that? Like, what could that be? Could that be some sort of balloon, like an experienced pilot? If they're seeing them every day, but if they are, where's that video, right? You After the second yeah. day, somebody's turning on a camera or bringing a cell phone, aren't they? I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know what, what that was. That was just something um, one of the guys talked about in uh, on one of the TV shows uh, that no, no, they was, saw. Well, I believe there was an actual, like, New York Times. I'll look it up, like, an actual legit, not a right. hoaxy uh, newspaper, but a real newspaper that talked about it. I'll have to look that up. But I'm pretty sure that, that it just... Uh, when they said they had saw them for two years, I'm like, that seems pretty significant. I think, like, yeah, looking back on that, uh, most of what they saw were lights in the distance or white specks in the distance. And they said they were seeing these all the time. 
That's what they were seeing on a daily um, basis. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. I, I think it's, I remember it being more significant, but we'll, you might be yeah, right. Yeah, they also talked about seeing these, these um, other things. And that one time they saw a sphere in a, uh, you know, a, a cube inscribed in a sphere. And once it, it flew between the two planes and split yes. the pattern. But that, I think, wasn't something that was happening every day. But, uh, okay. yeah, that's something we, could, we can check, I'll see if I can we can check offline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just to jump in here, what we're talking about here is the testimony of Lieutenant Ryan Graves. What Graves actually said on the Discovery Channel was that, first of all, they saw what they thought were radar glitches, false tracks showing up on the radars. We didn't really think a lot of them other than the fact that maybe they were just... Um... Um, just a, a part of the radar itself, not necessarily an actual physical object. Then he said that other people, not him, saw things like this uh, cube within a sphere and uh, a object flying between two planes. Were you there or was it one of your colleagues? Uh, it was one of my colleagues, um, okay. so I didn't hear about it until they landed. And then he said that what he saw, what he personally saw, was just uh, flashes of light. It's not like I'm seeing a bright physical objects i'm literally just seeing a flash shine out there really that's about it yeah um, so we've kind of covered uh ufos and aliens and uh is there anything that you wanted to ask me like specifically yeah. or... uh oh, by the way i don't know if i'm allowed to but i had uh it's funny i i have people that wanted to ask you a couple questions so i just i have some that are real simple yes or no not hit pieces just like what your opinion sure, is no, let's let's do that let's do that right now okay. and, you can, uh... Um, and then also um i want we'll talk about q as well so um matt hurley he's at, at ufo artwork he just want mm -hmm. to know uh what's the most convincing case about ufos that you've come across like if there was anything you know mm -hmm. you know what i don't believe any of this junk but if i did this would lead me there <laughs> that's Hurley. a tricky question yeah because I, I don't really think anything particularly convincing no 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 it's uh i thought yeah. about it i didn't want to trap you like oh now mick said it's just like what do you think is neat or what do you think is compelling how about that well i think i think actually commander fravor's uh account of the tic tac is is really interesting uh because it's very difficult to explain what he might have seen yeah, other than it being some kind of weird hallucination or something uh he's he's queen quite quite detailed in his uh his description of what he saw so and it's relatively recent but yeah, because it's just an eyewitness account it's it's hard to go very far with okay. it and okay. what i like to see is actually actual see videos and there really aren't any really good videos of, of ufos so i guess okay. you know we have to fall back on eyewitness accounts okay all right good very good i got a lot of um what did you lose a bet and are you crazy? And it's going to be like a minefield. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I have one, uh, and I'm not, I won't say who said this, but one said it'd be like watching a boxing video and then going in with Mike Tyson. I'm like, I would do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> who wouldn't do that? Um, Ed Randall, uh, he wants to know, um, do you demand uh, this type of proof in other parts of your life? Like non-phenomenal, um, non-conspiracy stuff. Like, are you... You're buying a car, you know, what, do you, do you, are you like a proof type person? I guess is the question. In well, yeah, if you, if you're doing something like buying a car, you're, you're in an existing framework where everything is generally agreed upon. Like we know that if you go into the dealership and the dealer tells you it's like, this is, this is a, a Mustang with a, a V8 engine, 
then you don't need to look under the hood to see if it's a V8 or not because you, yeah. you, okay. you, you don't just check everything because you're in a framework where these things are not extraordinary. But if something is extraordinary, if you told me that this, this Mustang was actually uh, used real horses, it had miniaturized, it's a 500 horsepower Mustang and it's got 500 tiny horses in there, then I would definitely need some you know, evidence of that. So it, it does depend on the extraordinariness of the claim. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Scott Brown, he said, he just wants to know just a simple question. Do you believe in the phenomena or not? Like, and I know that's a trap too, like yes or no. <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, it depends so on what I, you mean. About, I don't know if you could, how you can answer that or percentage wise, but he just simply wanted to know, do you believe it or not? Based on, How about based on what you've seen so far? I guess right. I don't know. you do your own count. Well, I think I think that's a question which you can't really give a yes or no answer to because it depends on what you mean by it and or the phenomena. If I, uh, if I you ask me, means the reality of UFOs coming here in spaceships and visiting us, you know, right? I, I don't it. think I don't think there are aliens coming here and visiting us, uh, and I think there are other explanations for it. But I believe in the phenomena of sometimes there are unidentified flying objects and we don't know what they are. I don't think that they have some kind of incredibly interesting explanation i think the most of them have uh, if not all of them have pretty boring explanations uh, the most interesting thing that i think is likely is that there are some kind of experimental craft uh, from time to time that get mistaken for uh, um for alien spaceships and that's about as far as i would go in terms of what i actually believe so speaking of that um, just because when i see news things and flashes my conspiracy antennas go through the roof the new Tom Cruise Top Gun. All right. You're, you're familiar with the TR-3B, the triangular black craft. The, yeah, that's the, the, the where people think they see three lights, and sometimes a red yeah. one in the middle, and it's, it's yes. like a big black triangle that flies overhead. Yeah. Yes. And then sometimes they're giant, sometimes they're small. They're always silent, mm-hmm. right? And so it's been rumored that the SR-72, which is after the predecessor of the SR-71, which still is like a incredible plane people always wonder mm-hmm. how can a plane be 60 years old and still be the top plane right what's happened since then so the rumor of the sr-72 if you look at the very last clip of the tom cruise top gun uh, mm. uh preview he's in an sr-72 triangular hmm. type craft with a spacesuit on just at the last second just a little teaser really? yeah <laughs> it's not a jet and so that, that's kind of interesting so yeah well that's i think is probably just them having a little bit of fun it could but be. then you could you know the, the the army is very uh you know the military does actually have its fingers in the hollywood pie they do actually influence a lot of movies and they, oh, uh, i believe so that. you could quite easily uh you know say that you know something's going on there but i think it's probably just them Having a little fun because it's, it's a reference, he, essentially. He flew a jet last time, so they got to spice up the movie. He can't be a yeah, a, yeah. It's, uh, I don't. Can you be a jet pilot when you're fifty? I don't think you can. But anyway, all right. And uh, then I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think. I think they retire you. But uh, so John Hudson, this is the last one. Sure. I'm, I'm gonna. He just wants to know: Was there something that brought you down the skeptic path, like? Was there something in your life where you thought was true and it turned out not to be, or was it just it's just interesting to you? I mean, what's the, what what kind of? It seems like you're trying to be very helpful to people, but besides yeah. that, is there is there a personal thing that you thought, you know what, I, I need to share this information? 
Uh, it's hard to nail it down to one thing. I, I was always really interested in UFOs and uh, ghosts and things when I was young. I, I used to read about them all the time. I had lots of books on them, and I loved like seeing things on TV about them. And then later, I, I, I spent some time looking into them, and it, the kind of the magic fell away uh, the more I looked into it. And uh, uh, I, I got interested in just finding out the real explanations for things. And yeah, I talked about this in my book and in other places. I, I used to be a game programmer and spend a lot of time debugging code and figuring out why things went wrong. And that's kind of similar to looking at a video and figuring out how might this video have happened because videos are essentially 3D graphics uh, transformed into two dimensions. And so that thing works in both directions. So it's just a combination of things, I think, that just uh, you know, made me arrive at this place. But I did used to be you know, very, very much hopeful that we would be having real UFOs coming down when I was young, read a lot of science fiction, and uh, you know, I looked at the sky. But the more so I looked, the less magical so it seemed. That's where the conspiracy comes in, where we go, Henry Ford's first car was made of cannabis and it was electric 100 years ago. <laughs> and so there's a breakaway civilization that has mm-hmm. kept the tech. And we think, and I don't believe this 100%, but the, the story goes, we think tech is distributed, but we don't know that it is. We don't give our cell phones to natives in the Amazon. You know what I mean? There, there may be a, a, we may be seeing craft of the super elite or the super deep, you know, that's, yeah, it, may not be yeah. it might be their stuff. I think one of, one of my guests uh, kind of raised the idea of a, a cabal of people keeping the, uh, not a cabal, what was the term he used? A cartel. A cartel of people uh, keeping the technology for their own usages and uh, bringing it in slowly. But the, the electric car thing you mentioned, yeah, the cars did actually. The first cars were electric. It's kind of an interesting thing. But I think the problem, the reason it didn't go much further, is that you can only go so far with an electric car back then because battery technology well, it, really wasn't uh, it, wasn't it, that good. It's the same thing with test, you know, Nikola Tesla's. You're not going to get free energy. We're going to charge you. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the petro, theory. Petrodollar won out, and we yeah. has won out. Even if you go back as far as you can go back to the fifties, they had driverless cars in the fifties. They just didn't have the infrastructure to, you know, they had remote control cars. They there's whole shows. Right. Real shows. You wouldn't point, have uh, is, <laughs> you wouldn't have a Tesla type driverless car where you could just like take your hands no. off the wheel and it would no, 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 the no. road. No, but I'm just saying that they were thinking about it uh-huh. you know, yeah. a long time ago. So there's oh, been yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're kind of coming up on like on an hour now. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about Q. That's the end of part one of my interview with Michael, episode thirty-seven. You can find part two just right next to it in episode thirty-eight, where we're going to talk about Q, specifically Q anon. <laughs>